Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today is the first day that all Titans players, both Group 1 and Group 2, can be out on the practice field together. That is very exciting news as we continue to progress through this new-looking version of Titans training camp. And on today's show, we are going to catch you up to speed on what some of the Titans' best players on offense and defense are saying and some really important updates we got from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. And we are going to start with Mike Vrabel, hear what he has to say about Adoree Jackson's development, some training camp specific items that he touched on, and we've talked a lot about the depth required from the roster. Let's hear Mike Vrabel talk about what the depth looks like from a coaching standpoint. So that'll be a very interesting thing to discuss opening up our show. And then we will hear from some of the leaders on the Titans offense center, Ben Jones, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, wide receiver A.J. Brown, and wide receiver Adam Humphreys. We will go over the highlights from their Zoom conferences with Titans media as well as we progress further through training camp and actually the first day that media will be allowed to view Titans on-field practice will be Friday. So very exciting Titans news ahead. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple Podcast, following on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream as I will continue to pump out Monday through Friday content throughout the rest of the season. But some very interesting quotes ahead in this Sounds of the Titans episode of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. on this podcast throughout the offseason about all the changes that the NFL has made this year to deal with the uncertainty of COVID-19 and how it'll impact rosters. They increased the size of the practice squad from 10 to 12 and then to 16. They increased the amount of players that can go on injured reserve and come off of injured reserve back to the team. They did special restrictions for practice squad guys so that teams can't poach and steal from other practice squads. You have protected players. They have increased maneuverability back and forth between the active roster and the practice squad, all to deal with that uncertainty from COVID-19 and how it'll impact the depth of these rosters throughout the season. But what we haven't talked about much is how it'll impact the coaching staff. And if you watch NFL Hard Knocks, the first episode of the year was on Tuesday and it was revealed that Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn contracted COVID-19 earlier in the offseason. Now he was, luckily enough, he was healthy and ready to go for the beginning of Chargers training camp, but just a window into what could take place to the Titans. If Mike Vrabel was to contract COVID-19, what would the Titans do? Well, Mike Vrabel answered that in his Zoom conference on Wednesday, audio courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com as always, but who stepped up for the Titans to be that backup head coach when Mike Vrabel took his son to college? Mike Vrabel tells us. Well, I took, um, you know, I took Carter to college yesterday. You know, I dropped Carter off at college. Um, 
And so we kind of used yesterday as a day for, for Craig Aukerman to be able to handle the, the team meetings and handle practice or handle the walkthrough that we had yesterday. Um, and then obviously we've been through and we have set up a, you know, a flow chart. I feel like we're set up pretty well uh, to be able to handle some of those things. If, if coaches were out, uh, I feel very comfortable about where we would be. Um, and we'd still be able to zoom and do uh, game planning and, and, and a lot of different things. It's just on the, the day-to-day uh, being in front of the team, you know, or being at practice, you know, Craig, Craig was able to handle that yesterday. So, um, uh, that gave us an opportunity, at least, you know, for the players to, to see and, and, and hear him. So special teams coordinator Craig Ackerman is the backup head coach. And that makes a lot of sense because, quite frankly, the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, and the de facto defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen, they just have a lot more on their plate on a week-to-week basis coordinating the offense and defense as opposed to coordinating the special teams. I don't mean to diminish the value of special teams, but that's just the reality here. So rather than putting additional responsibility on the plate of Arthur Smith or Shane Bowen as they try to game plan and coordinate that side of the ball, have special teams coordinator Craig Ackerman, who is still a top-ranked member of the coaching staff. You're not going down to a, a, a position coach. He's still a coordinator of one of the three sides of the football. There are no sides to a football because it's round, but you know what I mean by the expression. So it just makes sense that Craig Ackerman would take over that responsibility if for some reason Mike Vrabel did contract COVID-19 and had to miss any time. And God forbid, hopefully that is not the case for the Titans this upcoming season. But Mike Vrabel also dished some very important information information on the schedule going forward. I talked about some of that at the beginning of our show in the intro. The Titans will be on the field altogether for the first time today, Thursday, but media will have their opportunity to see the Titans on the field for the first time Friday. And remember, there are still two different groups who are on two different schedules. Tomorrow we'll we'll have everybody that's available on the field at the same time. We'll work through some some phase two stuff. The phase two rules have changed slightly this year. Um, players uh, at the same position can be across from each other. So an offensive lineman can, can hold a bag for another offensive lineman. A defensive lineman can hold a bag uh, for another defensive lineman um, in a teaching phase and in an individual drill. Um, players on the same side of the ball can line up uh, offensive players can line up as defensive players in, in a walkthrough formation. You know, we can't go offense versus defense, but uh, they have changed and modified some of those phase two rules. At that point in time, once that's completed, uh, we will have a little bit extra time for, for some of these uh, group one players that came in, rookies, quarterbacks, uh, some of the, the, the veteran players that, that came in early, which would then be able to transition into an OTA. Um, type practice, which would allow for some one-on-one, some releases, um, you know, different drills that that we feel like can can help them acclimate uh, towards practice. So it'll it'll look the same at the beginning, and then there'll be another group there for for a little bit there at the end. Um, that that that'll be uh, moving on in their acclimation um, progression. 
So as I mentioned, there are two different groups. One group started earlier than the other. That would be the rookies, the quarterbacks, and veterans who were rehabbing from injury. So basically, they're going to move on to phase three of the process, which phase two, as Vrabel outlined, is where you can only work with your side of the football. If you're on defense, you can do things with other defenders. For example, on offense, you can have the first team offense running plays, and then you can have backup offensive players being a uh, scout defense during a walkthrough session, basically. So phase three is where you can intermingle. You can have a cornerback going one-on-one against a wide receiver, doing some one-on-one drills like that, and go full speed, not a walkthrough, not pads on yet, but you can do that. So one group is going to get to that level before the other until they finally all catch up with each other eventually and padded practices start on the 17th. But really uh, enjoy Vrabel being so detailed there, giving us a good inside window into what actually the Titans are doing and when we can expect the team to, to get fully together. Next, of course, I had to throw in a comment about Vic. Beasley and uh, I think you can tell from Vrabel's tone here that he's not happy with everything that's been going on either um you know Vic Vic's here um which, which I'm, I'm I'm excited about um he's been in the meetings he's he's working through um you know the same program the same schedule that everybody else is um you know as far as a, a doghouse I think that you know I, I I'm going to coach them all um the, the way that I that I think is best and, and, and try to get them to, to develop and and learn our system um, and put the team first all those things that we talked about um, and, and hold every player accountable it's funny at the end he mentions two things put the team first and hold players accountable and Vic Beasley hasn't been accountable to his teammates and he hasn't put his teammates first so I think that although Vrabel isn't going to come right out and say that he's upset or angry or anything like that. I think that tells you exactly what's on his mind. Next, Mike Vrabel talks about Adoree Jackson. I think he's one of the most important players for the Titans coming up in 2020, and we have been hearing rumors that Adoree is experimenting again as a punt returner, which has had up and down results in the past and seems like it has affected his cornerback play at times. So what does Vrabel think about Adoree as a corner and then on the flip side as a punt returner? Yeah, I mean, I think just staying focused and just continuing to, to show him all the positive plays uh, when he's challenged and he's aggressive and he's confident. Um, it's hard playing corner in this league. I mean, it's hard with the way the rules are set up and, and, and the DPI. And, um, you know, you got to have you got to have a mentality that you come back and and compete the next play. But but there's a lot of clips of, of really good football that that um, that's the expectation uh, with the Dory. And so just continuing to show them all those positive plays and and then maybe identifying some of those areas of focus that that we can and he can get cleaned up through through, you know, Anthony Midget and through the conversations with the other other corners. And, and that's a tight group and they're all helping each other uh, develop and improve. Um, you know, I try to do what's best for the team and you, know, you give the give give each player what they can handle. And, uh, you know, if they can handle it. Uh, then, then you give them a little bit more, and if they can't, um, you know, you have to you have to pull back a little bit. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if if that's the reason that he gives up a um, 
a completion or, or has a penalty downfield. Um, I'm not sure if that uh, if those eight minute reps um, during the, the punt return period or the 20 minute meeting that we have on it uh, is the reason for it. But you know, we'll, we'll put we'll put the guy back there that we think gives us the best chance to to one field it, take care of it uh, and, and then gain us some positive yards. Adoree's taken on so much of a responsibility as this team's top cornerback that it's hard to give him the additional responsibility of punt returning, but he's such a dynamic athlete, and that was one of the biggest things about Adoree when John Robinson drafted him in the first round is he added a a dynamic element on the special teams. So having Adoree add to that again, that would be nice, but hopefully it doesn't make his cornerback play fall off at all. And then the last thing Mike Vrabel talked about, the last highlight I have for you guys here, is him talking about training camp fights. And this is something that is polarizing. Some people like, you know, the feistiness. If you're fighting, that means you care. Your emotions are high. You're trying hard. But I think Mike Vrabel makes some good points here, and I agree with his stance that, honestly, at the end of the day, getting in the habit of fighting when you're playing football will ultimately just hurt the team. Well, they're going to be close together, whether they're, you know, I mean, they're going to, they're, they're going to bleed and they're going to sweat um, and, and breathe on each other when they play. Um, I don't think they're going to be any closer or any further apart uh, because one guy's throwing a punch um, at another guy. Uh, when we fight in the game, they, they eject us, which then costs the team, uh, makes other guys scramble, uh, to, to play other positions. And I think it puts a team at a disadvantage. Um, do I think that things are going to come up in training camp? Yep. It's, there's, there's going to, it's going to come up, but, um, you know, if you throw a punch, we're, we're going to send you over to the sand pit with Frank. That's what we've told him. Um, so but we, it, it's, it's, it's about the team at that point. When you, when you get ejected from a football game, we get one opportunity a week, uh, to, to go out and, and to, to win a football game and have the opportunity to win. And when we don't have everybody available, uh, it, it puts the team uh, in, in a tough position. The Titans will be hitting the grass soon. Players have been in the building, and you can smell the football. Let's hear from some of the studs on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans. Right out of the gate, let's hear from quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill was asked about his approach to this season with all the changes that we have seen and if it has left him feeling rushed to get his preparation and to get ready for the season. I don't think we feel rushed. I think there's a sense of urgency and want to take advantage of, of every period that we have out there. Um, but I don't think it's a, it's a rush feeling, but definitely a sense of urgency that uh, time is ticking and we have a games, games coming up quick uh, and not a lot of time to prep for them. So take advantage of every day, take advantage of every period. Um, really right now, just working on the little things, working on fundamentals, getting back into football shape and um, getting ready to go. One of the key differences in the process of getting ready to go for Ryan Tannehill this year will be the fact that he is the starting quarterback from day one, and you could say it is his team, quote unquote. So how does that change the process for Ryan Tannehill compared to the offseason last year? It's a little bit different, like you said, just from, you know, last year I was in a different position heading into training camp, um, wasn't able to be as vocal, be the leader that, that I like to be, that I am. 
Um, so, you know, now just able to assert myself a little bit more and, and be vocal about what I, what I want from receivers, what I want from tight ends and backs uh, in the past game or, or just what we're expect as a team and offense in general. So uh, that's probably the biggest difference. You think about things like timing on a route, when the wide receiver or the tight end or the running back is going to make their break, when they're going to stem from the top of their route, what depth the route is going to be at. I need you to be at 9 yards, 10 yards, 11 yards, 12 yards. Think about all of the little intricacies on every single play about exactly where Each player needs to be inch by inch, and not just where they need to be, but where Tannehill prefers them to be is is really what it's all about. And that's all in the process of getting on the same page, which Tannehill talks about more. Yeah, it's a balance. You know, it's uh, a little bit of of both of those things. You know, if it's something I feel strongly about, um, then I'll definitely say that and and say what I expect. Um, There's a lot of times where I'm working with the receiver, hey, you know, what do you feel like the top of this route? How do you, how do you see yourself coming out of this? Um, Cause they're not every receiver is the same uh, physically or, or mentally and how you uh, communicate with them. So uh, definitely each, each person's a little bit different. Each situation is a little bit different and, and um, just understanding the end goal. What's the best way for us to make, make the best play um, on this? What's the best way for us to, to, to find the end outcome that we're looking for and, and how we get there. We work through that. And one player that Tannehill will need to get on the same page with much more quickly this year is Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys was dealing with injuries a lot of the time that Tannehill was at quarterback. They never really seem to be on the same page. So what does Tannehill see Adam Humphreys adding to this offense now that they might be able to get a little bit more of a rapport going with each other having an offseason to get ready? Well, Adam's a great player. You know, I think he brings a lot to the table for us. Uh, veteran guy, guy who's played played a lot of football. He understands what we're trying to do. He understands how to get himself open uh, in a lot of different coverages, whether it be man or zone. Um, you know, hopefully um, we can expand on what we did with him last year. Uh, he's a guy I have a lot of confidence in, and I think is coming to this season uh, with high expectations. Um, I think just like uh, I know I have high expectations for him, I'll let him speak for himself. But um really excited about about what he brings to the table for us. And clearly the biggest thing that Adam Humphreys brings to the table for the Titans is his ability to move the chains on the underneath passing game. And that's something that the Titans can excel at because of the type of weapons that they have and the type of ability that the Titans cast of characters has after the catch. Ryan Tannehill talks about that underneath passing game ability that this offense has and then talks about what his guys can do after the catch and if he's basically expecting them to break off these long runs. Yeah, we have some guys that um, you know are, are great with the ball in the hand. You mentioned John, a guy who's uh, extremely talented and can make a short game into a into a touchdown quickly. You know, I think um, I think we're excited to have him back. Humphrey's a guy who has a knack for finding the open spot in zone underneath. has a, has a good feel for how to use his body, his route uh, to to find a way to get open in man. So. Um, like I said, just excited to, to have him back. And, um, you know, I know he's going to make a lot of plays for us this year. Um, as a quarterback, you want to go through your read and, and try to hit the open guy. And when you do that and you put the ball in a good location, if guys are on the move on a, on a, on a shallow route or something going across the middle, if you can put the ball in a good location and, and they're in some space, um, then we have guys that can can take it and, and make something big out of it. So as a quarterback, it's, you know, you're not expecting a big play, but, you know, if you can – 
accurately put the ball in a good location and, and keep them on the move um, and not have to slow down or adjust to the football, then we're going to be in a better situation to create a big play. And that, of course, is one of the biggest keys in creating these major yards after the catch chunk plays is the pass has to be accurate. You have to make sure that you're not slowing down the target that you're throwing to, and that's something that Tannehill was excellent at last year. And one of the people that he threw the ball to so excellently was A.J. Brown. And A.J. is going into his second year hoping to explode on the scene again and take another leap into one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. And A.J. talked about the biggest thing that he tried to work on from last year to this year. First off, uh, uh, it definitely had to be like to try to get in the best shape ever. You know, uh, be able to go through the entire game, make my routes look the same. You know, uh, so I definitely got to be well conditioned, and and that's exactly what we co- we, we preach on here with the Titans. That's, that's a key thing with with Coach Brave. So. The main takeaway from that opening statement from A.J. Brown is him saying that he wants his routes to look the same in the fourth quarter as they do in the first half or the first quarter. That's a an interesting critique. Uh, first real critique we've heard AJ give to himself throughout this offseason and he talks more about what kind of shape he's in this year if that was something he wanted to improve I'm definitely in a better place better, better place mentally too as well you know uh last year I was flying and going places and I never really just could just sit still and just put in the work you know so uh definitely man I, I got time I had time to really get my feet up under me you know, really put in the work and, and, and get myself in best shape as, as possible coming into camp because, you know, it, it's only going to get tougher. So, you know, we're going to Denver, you know, the air is really thin up there. So, And with either of those statements, AJ never really truly comes out and says that's something that he didn't do well last year or that hurt him last year during the season. So the question is asked very directly, is that something that he feels like he struggled with last year is conditioning late in games. Um, I definitely just just say fatigue and, and uh, fourth quarter. I definitely can just like I said, try to get in the best shape as I can. You know, uh, because the fourth quarter is big, and you know, uh, watching looking back on some film, and I love some plays out there because I was a little tired or something like that. So you know, just trying to just be all all around complete. You know, and, and leave nothing out there. It's obvious that A.J. Brown has been working on his game, his conditioning, uh, the mental aspect of the game as well throughout the offseason, and a lot of that is based on advice given to you by you know different people that you look up to, different veterans around the league, and one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL gave A.J. Brown some advice, and it's the best advice he's gotten so far in his career. Um, definitely still had to be what Tom Brady told me. Um, work on the things you need, you know, you need improvement on. Um, so you won't have no weakness. Everybody works hard, but, but everybody knows what their weakness is. So work on your weakness so you have no weakness. And it's credit to him and uh, how, how, uh, his long career and everything he didn't, he didn't did. So, you know, it's all the famer. Obviously, one of AJ's biggest weaknesses, as he already explained to us, was the crispness of his routes later in the game, which just leads us to, you know, route running ability in general, which in my opinion is the next big leap AJ can make is become a technician in his routes. And he talked about his want to kind of get there with his route running ability. Definitely just not giving just not giving little hints here and there, you know, uh, making my, my pad level the same all, the whole way through the whole route. 
you know, just not put on your turn signal before you turn, you know, you know, so little inside football terms that he's using there, but it's obvious he's been working with different trainers and the coaching staff to try to improve his route running. This is as descriptive as A.J. Brown has been at any point in time about what he's working on, specifically in his routes or in his game. Usually he uses uh, even more generic and vague language when describing what he's working on, just trying to get better every day, those cliches that you hear, but this is some good stuff from A.J. Brown. It's obvious he's really given a lot of thought to what he needs to improve on going into next season and we are going to move into the next interview from Titan center Ben Jones. Titan center Ben Jones Possibly the most underrated player on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans. He's the signal caller on the offensive line, the central brain of everything they do as a unit, calling out different pass protections, working with Ryan Tannehill to get the quarterback and the entire offensive line on the same page. And not just the mental side of the game, but physically as a player, Ben Jones has been a very solid pivot man for the Titans, which led to him getting an extension last offseason. But Ben Ben Jones talks about the fact that this layoff that they have experienced, does that make the team, or at least him, rusty, or is he feeling fresh going into on-field activities? Yeah, we, that's what our job is, to stay in shape. It's our job. So you had the offseason to get in shape and stay on um, with your workout regimen. But it's now it's time to build the bond of camp. Um, you're here every day. You're grinding. And camp's camp. And for us, we're going to go out there and do what we did in the past and just build this bond as an offensive line and try to get better each day. Jones also had some really insightful comments about what rookies will be dealing with. People have never played in an NFL game because they're not going to get the opportunity to play in the preseason. And it's more than just playing in real games. It's about your routine. When do you eat? What time do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Look at me focusing on the food, but it's all about setting your game day routine. And Ben Jones talks about how that will be one thing that's most difficult for guys to get ready before the season without preseason games. Yeah, um, you kind of learn. I know as a young player, you kind of learn how to be a pro, how to travel, how to take care of your body, making sure um, you know how to dress, you know how to eat before a game. You kind of build a routine. So it's definitely going to be harder for young guys. They're going to have to get with veterans and kind of figure out because we are playing at different times. You play at 12 o'clock and you're getting to the stadium by yourself. So you got to find out a routine. You got to get a schedule. You got to get a veteran to take you under their wing and kind of bring these young guys along. So, cause they don't have that experience. We talk a lot about the impact that we will see on the field, but that kind of off-the-field impact on the players that anyone who covers the team or follows the team wouldn't really even consider is that just routine and how you want to get comfortable for a game day. So I thought that was very interesting from Ben Jones there. And then lastly, Jones talks about the possibility that it will be more difficult for the offensive line to get into a rhythm without the preseason games than other positions. And the fact that that could lead the Titans offense to coming out and having a slow start? Uh, we hope that we hope not. Um, our goal is to be ready for game one and come out firing, but that's what counts for. You, uh, Coach Rabel does a great job of making like game-like practices and bringing individual to team and team to game, so he does a great job of leading us and showing us hey what it takes to win 
and give us those game-like realities and practice so we are ready for games. And then finally, we will hear from Titans wide receiver Adam Humphreys. And of course, Humphreys was injured a lot of last season, wasn't able to make the type of impact that he, the fan base, or his teammates were hoping for. But this year is a new season. Humphreys is healthy and ready to go. And one thing that Humphreys, of course, can add to the Titans offense is his ability to move the chains, being underneath or an intermediate option for the Titans, be open against man or zone, and allow himself to help the Titans get first downs. What does Adam Humphreys do or what allows him to be that sort of weapon in the Titans offense? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's just, you know, the way, you know, the situation, you know, presents itself, um, whether it's third and long, third and medium or third and short, um, you know, we have a package that we're going to run and, um, you know, we got to be prepared for, you know, exotic looks from the defense and, you know, just being able to to get whatever's needed to keep the chains moving. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, just having a good relationship at whoever's um, at quarterback, you know, just knowing um, if a certain blitz is coming from, you know, a, a certain direction, you know, I'm going to show eyes and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be there for you if you need me. So, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, being prepared for, you know, whatever situation presents itself, you know, on those, those third, third down plays. And some of the things that Humphreys talks about right there, where his eyes are at, coming out of the break, some of the things we talked about before with Ryan Tannehill, where I want you at this depth, I want you at this angle, all of those things are discussed between Humphreys and Tannehill, and obviously the quarterback has to take charge in those situations and kind of let guys know where he needs them to be. So how does it help the Titans this year having Tannehill lead, and how does it really help the entire offense to have Tannehill be the type of guy who's not afraid to tell guys where he wants them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I noticed him doing that, you know, last year, um, as soon as he got here, um, you know, obviously he kind of sat back and allowed Mariota to lead, you know, originally, but um, he was not scared to speak up if, if he knew something wasn't uh, being run the right way. And, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, a, a, a bad, you know, approach to it or mentality, you know, he, he came at us with a, you know, just um, some good information. And, and, you know, if, if something comes up in a meeting and, and he needs to speak on it, you know, he will. And uh, the biggest thing with him is, you know, he just wants to uh, make sure we're on the same page as, as, as he is. And that's, that's all you can ask for. Um, and, um, you know, he's, he's doing a great job. Yeah, it's great because, um, you know, it, whether he's coaching me up or AJ up or whoever it is, you know, someone else can learn, learn from that, that coaching point. So if, you know, I've run a route, that's not exactly the way he wants it. You know, not only is he coaching me, you know, Hey, I need that two, two more yards deeper. He's also, you know, helping the rookies. Hey, if you have this route, you know, make sure it's at this distance. So, um, you know, he's coaching us personally, but, you know, he speaks, speaks loud enough and, 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 uh, you know, demands everyone to, to listen because, um, you know, it's, it's just helping us and it's helping our team. Excellent details right there from Adam Humphreys about how exactly Ryan Tannehill goes about things. It has to give you a lot of optimism heading into the 2020 season, and I'm excited to continue to break it all down with you guys. On that note, I will be back with you for a Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, and we can end the week on a good note. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.